I won't beat around the bush. I have declared a state of emergency. I repeat, a state of emergency. This is not martial law. Our police and even our National Guard forces cannot be trusted. The news media cannot be trusted. You may not even be able to trust your friends or your own family. Over years, an extraterrestrial species calling itself the Yerks has spread among us like an invisible disease, crawling into the human ear canal and controlling the brain and body and culling and infesting others in their path to world domination. I know this sounds fantastic, like something out of Hollywood, but by now you've seen the news footage. You know what I'm telling you is true. Our state, our nation, our entire world is under attack, but we are already fighting back. I have requested help from Washington and the president has agreed to send US troops. This is not the time for panic. It is the time for each of us to reach into our souls and pull out the courage we may not even know we possess. Our enemy is strong, but we are stronger because we are fighting for our lives and our freedom for our very existence. moment to change your lane. I came home from the wasteland. Heroic and triumphant like a comic book girl. Created out of nothing like a comic book girl. Hey! Anyway, I have the brain cell today, and I feel like I am gonna I'm gonna make a motion that we should talk about Animorphs Volume Fifty One, The Absolute, directed by Michael Bay, featuring Marco, featuring Marco morphing into a duck on the cover. The most effective form of travel they've ever undertaken. They're just like, why did we do this before? Why didn't we just? Yeah, exactly. Why haven't we been ducks like most of this time? <laughs> they were saving ducks because. Otherwise, they wouldn't have anything to put on the cover. <laughs> it would just be ducks. The entire, all of the covers yeah. would just be them morphing ducks. And this time, they've morphed ducks to get, oh, dang it. <laughs> the thing the is, duck-a-morphs. Yeah, ducks don't blend in, so. Editorial team, we need something to morph other than ducks. <laughs> uh, they morphed seagulls this one uh, time. Uh, what if Tobias got stuck as a duck? <laughs> <laughs> would change the vibe of the whole series. Yeah. Imagine Rachel just like, you know, holding him, holding his little bird body, being like, our love is forbidden. We can never be together. And Tobias is just like, quack. <laughs> <laughs> but this is Princess Tutu. It's just Princess oh Tutu. God, exactly. Princess Tutu. It's just gender swapped Princess we'll Tutu. Just, we'll just, oh, okay, so this one starts with Tobias and Marco directed stealing by, a tank. <laughs> directed by Michael Bay. Directed by Michael Bay. They're following a train that's got a whole bunch of military stuff attached to it because uh, the, the the National Guard is moving in and they're like what's going on with this and there's a whole bunch of tanks and stuff yeah things go pear-shaped because there's a whole bunch of controllers who can morph, who can ah! morph now because they lost the Escafil device last I, I just want to put my foot down and speak my mind and speak out for all the children of America because violent video games are training your children how to man the guns in an M1 Abram and they need <laughs> to be stopped we need stricter regulations on the violent video games we have to protect the children and prevent them from leaking classified information about tanks. That was, How that else would kids save the world if they didn't, if they weren't trained via violent video games? I mean, all the violent
Pokemon video games have trained me for is being a hot pink murder robot with, like, a mechanical <laughs> bow. <laughs> All that violent video games trained me for was how to love another. Marco gets a sledgehammer in chapter 5. Hell yeah. It's awesome. That Literally, hell yes is what I wrote. So yes, you, you scooped from <laughs> my notes. Psychic. Good job. I did not scoop from your notes. I feel but, like, like this, book, this book starts with the tank, and then they, like, go and fly, and then... As, as ducks, sorry, I'm not communicating very well. And then after they find, after they start telling what's her face, Colonel, what's her face, the Mayor. governor, the governor. That's what I meant to the say. The governor of the entire state of California. You call her Colonel. What's her? Face? I, I was looking at the book. Um, the governor, what's your face? Ugh. It basically just never stops. Like, oh yeah, it starts with a physical tank and ends with an emotional tank. It sure does. <laughs> It does, though, because she just gets on TV and is like, hey, guess what? Alien invasion. Aliens. Which is, like, incredible. And it's, like, all these things that they've been talking about as potentialities the whole time. It's, oh, the controllers can morph. Oh, aliens are public topics now. Have you ever watched the recording of that broadcast? No, never. It's chilling to watch. Like, they always show it in history classes in California as part of, like, history of the state. Marco and Tobias have to make a high-speed escape from the train yard because they're being attacked by controllers who can morph and also controllers who can't necessarily morph but have beam weapons. Uh, and also more conventional <laughs> armaments. The beam took effect. Um... <laughs> oh, I feel the effect. <laughs> Yeah, Marco and Tobias are like, okay, let's steal a tag. Tobias is like, okay. And Marco is like, all right, I vaguely remember this from my video game. You know what you're doing? I'm like, I don't really know, but I'm going to try it. Yeah, I love Actually, that. if I remember correctly, Marco acts very confident. And then in the narration, he's like, I don't actually know what I'm doing. Yeah, point. yeah he does I, almost drive off a cliff. It's I love funny. the idea that... Haven't we all? Yeah. I love the idea that Tobias is like awkward in his human form and then just like adjusting to what be what it's like inside of a tank and he's like, Oh, I forgot to be a human, I can hardly drive a tank. Yeah. <laughs> but he actually figures out how to like shoot the gun, doesn't he? He does figure out how to shoot the gun. Just girly things. I think yeah. the fact where the, where the other animals are like, so what happened to the tank? I think does get asked. I don't they remember. drive it into Chapman's house. They do drive it into oh, Chapman's you're house. Right. Oh they my God. demolish Chapman's house. They, Chapman. they do do that. Poor Chapman's daughter. Yeah, specifically Rachel gets pretty pissed off because she's friends with Melissa. You destroyed Melissa's house and it yeah. is played for laughs, but also like... Oh, it's not totally played for laughs, I don't think. Marco just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> and Jake also doesn't care. That's the thing is he's like normally Jake would kind of tell him off for it. Yeah. But, but in, like, a slightly joking way. Marco doesn't have anyone holding him back. Least of all himself. Now. Yeah. <laughs> the tank. Uh, I took a breath. Well, you know Chapman's house? Nice two-story. How many stories is it now? Uh, <laughs> I love... <laughs> I love friendship. <laughs> I love that Jake immediately knows that the correct question is how many stories is it right. now? The back deck will give Chapman a nice supply of firewood this winter. It's already piled up for him. Tobias is like, too bad he doesn't have a fireplace anymore. Rachel's like, excuse me? You flattened Melissa's house? <laughs> and you went along with it? She says to her boyfriend. <laughs> Did you get any information, Toby? What did Tobias than me? Did you discover anything useful? Tobias scratched Chip's ears. You mean before we stole government property, endangered innocent motorists, and leveled a moderately priced suburban home? <laughs> Yes, she nodded. Well, we did manage to get a good look at the train. And they confirmed that it was not actually a Yurk operation. The train, they're like, we don't think they can all be controllers because there's so many of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Eva confirms that 
as far as she knows, like, up until her information ends, she had not heard of, like, the entire National Guard being infested, and she doesn't think that Visser 1, nay, Visser 3, could have infested the- <laughs> She doesn't think that he could have infested, like, the entire National Guard that quickly. And she would have heard about it if it happened while she was still infested herself. But they're aware that it's, like- happening currently yeah like though it's in the process because i think the theory is basically that like someone or several someone's high up Mm -hmm. is slash are this all gets established in chapter eight which is also where the uh where the finesse joke begins jake is like uh good that'll be one more fire visitor one has to put out group two will be smaller quieter they'll need to show a little more finesse (laughs) oh yeah finesse rachel shot me a sideways look oh yeah some of us are so good at that oh my god Um, look who's talking rachel they they destroyed someone's house with a tank and they're the group that gets called the finesse the very next the very next chapter we waded into the swamp and crouched behind a stand of cattails. Me, Axe, and Tobias perched on Axe's shoulder. Group two, the ones with finesse. And then they proceed to make a huge ruckus in the gardens, get spotted. I can't get believe a giant that they don't fight. die here. I feel like I say that all the yeah. time. You say this like... every single journal, Erso. But, but every, like... every journal prior to this one, if this happened at the gardens where they're like, there's yeah. a whole bunch of stand, like bystanders and they have to morph in front of bystanders, it would have been the end for them. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, it's Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're having so much less caution, and that's why I'm like, I'm just surprised that they didn't get A blue like, unicorn, daddy, look! Unrestrained summer fun. <laughs> That's my I don't summer actually summer. remember what time of year this happened, but whatever. It's always summer in California. No, it isn't. I swear we have <laughs> they seasons. Always we have it seasons. As summer. <laughs> we have seasons. Okay, they're they really they're in SoCal though. They're in SoCal. SoCal doesn't have seasons because SoCal sucks about everything ever, and they steal all of NorCal's water. Oh, they uh, they make a Golden Eagle controller crash into a roller coaster as it's moving, which may be one there. of the most awful controller oh deaths God. in the entire series. That's intense. I think the most awful one might be right before it, when Tobias pulls the same move earlier on one of the bird oh, controllers. yeah, and it just, and like, it, And it, in, like, sort of semi-impales slash shatters itself on, like, the gun or something on yeah, one of the tanks. Yeah, that bit, yeah, that bit's not good. I actually, for a second, was like, wait, was that Tom? And I was like, no, that wasn't Tom, because we well, they're know. just they're just realizing that they are more experienced and they can just outsmart them with these like really simple classic moves they barf ducks because ducks are nice long distance flyers uh, marco in chapter nine is like in the duck world the boys get to be the pretty ones do i detect a hint of envy here you can be a pretty one too marco there were like multiple really homoerotic parts in this book there were a few times where he's like kind of hitting on tobias <laughs> and i was like marco i i know that you and rachel are like basically the same person but bro code man bro, bro code, code. <laughs> yeah, yeah do you think that he's into tobias because he's into rachel and is jealous of tobias and therefore is also like into tobias I feel like there's some confused bisexual jealousy going yeah. on there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Speaking as someone who feels that way oftentimes about people, I'm just saying that. that I feel like he's happen. into both of them, but in very different ways. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I actually, I also, I don't think he's all actually that into Rachel because, again, I go hard for the whole like Marco and Rachel are just the same person with slightly different sets of life experiences. Yeah, but... he's into her in the way that he, I mean, to the degree that he might also be like into acts. Well, I think he's much more into acts than he is into well, Rachel. Everyone's to fill it from out of state. Yeah. Yeah, in general, the whole operation at the gardens is a clownish info sec breach. Uh, And then they go try to, quote, find the governor with, quote, (laughs) finesse. Uh, They don't even know who she is. They don't even know she's a woman. Yeah, Axe is so mad. And then they make such a big deal about revealing that she's a woman. And I was like, do we really need to do this? (laughs) I mean, it was a little bit, like, funny to just see how much 
all three of them were like, oh, the governor must be a man. I know. Uh, so, I mean, I knew that the governor was a woman because, like, I'm from California. I've read this before. But You're from California? Oh, my God. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt like the build-up to the reveal, even knowing the reveal, was just kind of funny. Yeah, it was, really, it was funny. Yeah. It's not, like, that groundbreaking. It might have been more groundbreaking then. So the whole, like, oh, it's a shocking twist thing doesn't mm. hit as much, but just the, like, sheer comedy of them spending all this time being, like, the male governor who is a manly mailman. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like they're just taking the perspective of like the default male yeah. thing and like that's what sets up the commies that they don't even have to explain it but the commies did i say <laughs> i had to say comedy you said commies you said that's what sets up the commies uh Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> a limo pulls up to the governor's house. Marco says he's not here to pick up the butler. The governor must be going elsewhere. Tobias says somebody with finesse would probably go with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh just like, uh, they end up morphing cockroaches. One of them morphs a cockroach and gets in in between the, the crevices in the tire. Yeah. As oh, the yeah. tire is moving. That was messed up. Which sounds awful. I think they all do, don't they? They the have to jump up on like the, axle the axle and they have to stop. Oh. You can get stuck on the axle grease there. That's but like, horrible. It's, re- it's real bad. Another high heel extended from the limo thumped to the pavement beside the first. The governor's wife? <laughs> why is there never, like, if this is a television show, why is there never a episode where they all get, like, dressed up fancy and, like, have to spend, like, a little while pretending that they're normal at, like, a fancy event before they break out and, like, start fighting? They went to prom. That's Oh, that's right. They, they went to prom. prom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, and they did exactly that. Yeah. Like, Axe lost control of his morph. I just love that when that comes up in fiction. That's a great... Trope. They've sort of followed the governor into a campaign function. The way that they decide to hail her for the first time and communicate what's going on is Marco says, Governor, you might want to sit down. You are about to see something that will scare the pee out of you. <laughs> He's so stupid sometimes. Content warning might make you urinate. <laughs> Once the governor is like, I am the governor, and who are you? Marco's like, I'm an anamorph. <laughs> it's so funny because this is like them trying to break out into that moment when they do get known and they can just say like, I'm Jake, I'm I'm Marco, yeah, da, 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 and people can know who they are. But they, at least for the time being, have to keep explaining to people over and over again what is happening, who they are, and why they need to be listened to and respected. And honestly, that amount of time where people doubt them oftentimes leads to, I feel like, a lot of the bad stuff that happens mm-hmm. in situations. Like, if people would just take these kids seriously. Uh... I mean, to be fair, they are random kids turning into animals and speaking in your brain and saying, like, blah, there's aliens. Like, I think I can understand having different priorities. Axe fortunately me. tends to be there, so they could be like, look, an alien. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They can morph work Bajir. They should be able to be like, hey, here's an alien. Right. But that's not the same as, like, being an alien. Mm. I guess that's true. How would they know? Well, I don't know. Yeah, the governor is pretty willing to be reasonable here at, like, hear these kids out. Uh, I think Which mostly, is cool. Yeah, I, I think mostly because uh, Marco says, the entire state, no, the entire planet depends on it, and you're the only one who can help. And she's like, flattery, huh? Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> she's, like, funny. She's got a sense of humor about yeah. it. Yeah, uh, I really liked her. And she accepts that one of her security guards is a controller. And her husband. Pretty quickly. Yeah, that's, that's rough. Yeah. <laughs> Her so husband he, hides it better at first, but true. then he shows up with a bunch of dudes with Raycon beams, and it's kind of obvious. This goes pear-shaped pretty quickly, and they have to do a, a big escape scene, and there's a lot of Draycon beams Take going all over the place. Away. Okay, sorry, go On ahead. these facing pages, we've got uh, two instances of ah per page, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. Uh, there's also, see. Oh, yeah, that's ah, a lot of ahs. Ah, ah, ah. 
sounds I never wanted to hear out of you. There's a there's a point to which I'm like, why do they keep funny this stupid chase up? Like they can't outrun them, but they why don't they just hide somewhere safe? They have such an explosives budget for this book. Mm. There's so many explosives <laughs> that they have to use. I really felt like Yakety Sax was playing under so many of these yes. scenes. Marco neutralizes a controller mm. by just like slamming a tuba over the yes, head. Yes, that exact part I could just hear in my brain. Exactly. It's ridiculous. So they, they kidnapped the governor. He was thinking of that while doing it. I feel like I could just hear like the sound effect you yes. know? Like in, Looney, in like yeah. Looney Tunes. Yeah. Like in Looney Tunes when someone gets a tuba slammed over their head in Looney Tunes or whatever. It's very good. They kidnap the governor sort of and they get into a motor vehicle and then I, He's lying. No, in the next book in 52 they confirmed that they're frosh in high school so yeah. I believe they shouldn't be freshmen because they're like 16. Okay. They should be like so Axe Ax says that they are all in human high school. Mm. Speaking of Axe, Axe sort of like, Axe sort of sweet talks the governor in this while they're kidnapping her a little bit. He's suave. She managed He's to wrench her right hand free from the armrest and hold it out to Axe. He shook it, then bowed low again. I will guard your life with my own. Very reassuring, she said. Uh, the governor gripped the archivist. I mean, that's necessarily Axe As do I, governor. It's just. I think like, Axe is just very into people in positions of power. Yeah. I think that's basically what it is, is that he's been tromping around with these kids for... He hasn't had the opportunity to talk to anybody in a position of power, and he's just like... I like a powerful woman. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just Oh yeah, they, going. they tell us all about this in uh, California history class. I imagine it exposed a lot of the issues of the infrastructure of California. Yeah, they morph porpoises and they manage to just, like, swim the governor back to her mansion, I guess? They porph morpoises. They porph morpoises. <laughs> the governor manages to identify a National Guard captain who is not a controller because he's been away on a mission. And then a National Guard man who is a controller shows up, basically to just kidnap the governor back. And they're like, oh boy, we gotta do something about that. Uh, Marco morphs the governor at one point. Oh, Transgenderification yeah. beam. <laughs> Trans, uh, but you turn into like a fifty-something-year-old woman. Yeah, he's trying real hard to be like, ah, yes, I am the governor of oh California. Yeah. Hey, hey, look, Cassie. I said you're a TV star. Uh, I pointed at the TV screen where a wolf was leaping into a crowd of National Guard troops. <laughs> Things Cassie does not want to get on television for. <laughs> yeah. Violence. Going to Nice's neat concerts. <laughs> Stealing oranges. (laughs) I think it was prune juice. So, Jake looked at me. You kept it all pretty quiet, huh? Hey, we were showing a little finesse there, I said. (laughs) No one on the entire Animorphs team knows the meaning of finesse. Like, Cassie may be the most, like, low-key person, but she she doesn't really do finesse because she's so bad at, like, lying and being sneaky most mm-hmm, of the time. True. I do love it when she gets manipulative. I think that's very fun, very funky. Love a manipulative Tobias, Cassie. Tobias knows mm-hmm. finesse. He's the only one that does. But as soon as, as soon as you combine him with Marco, it all just goes out the window. <laughs> oh, completely out the window. Marco is the worst influence. Yeah, he only knows finesse when he's with Rachel because he's trying to balance Rachel out. <laughs> like, if I was a parent and I had a kid, and they were hanging out with Marco, I would be like, he's a bad <laughs> This inf- child is a bad influence on main kids. I don't I do like Marco, though. Maybe he'd be a good influence if I had, like, a, a very shy and retiring child, which, you know, then I'd be like, you get need, out more. Yeah. Need somebody to show you the world, bike to dangerous places, and explore abandoned buildings. Did someone do that with you? Is that why that came to mind? Yes. Cute. I did that. It was very fun. It was a great way to get me out of my shell and make me very confident, actually. Can recommend that if you're not feeling confident and you want to just, like, have a cool little life-changing experience, 
go explore abandoned buildings safely with friends and urban explorer yeah can corroborate yeah i've only done that like once it's so much good. i so. wish i could take y'all to my hometown so we could go to the delta and uh the we should just go to yeah i forgot that uh that was basically where the book ends with the governor giving her address because uh, which is oh my god yeah it's pretty pretty big news yeah um, the it's whole big deal. the whole operation is kind of blown open also i forgot to mention that in that limo chase sequence tobias is driving a limousine in orc bashir morph <laughs> I just want Tobias to pull up to my house in a limousine in Hork-Bashir Morph and just, like, attempt to roll down the window, but he breaks off the little crank handle <laughs> and he just punches out the glasses like, get in! <laughs> got flush inside, I mean, uh... Yep. I got a, I got a call for a pickup for a uh, Parker Renovator over here. Oh my god. Would you date uh, Hork-Bashir? You've met Parker, right? Yeah, I'm gonna plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> oh my god. I feel uh, like these all happened. All these events happened. Oh yes, absolutely. There's actually historical records of most of them. Yeah, true. This like is the nitty gritty. Of... The nitty gritty, you know, is up to interpretation. Mm-hmm. But like, we have people, you know, save the the tape or whatever they filmed on back then of the governor's speech and whatnot. I can imagine Marco embellishing a little to be like oh and then there were a bunch of explosions yeah and and then axe was swabbed to the governor and there were stars (laughs) in her eyes and then i kicked a controller in the face with my gorilla leg and then tobias flipped the car 360 degrees over itself and landed (laughs) on the tarmac and exploded yeah he could have done that i don't think he did for this book oh no I, i think he did a little bit not like a lot but i think marco himself was directed by michael bay a little bit (laughs) that's true one of the most directed by michael bay humans Mm -hmm. extreme over-the-top performative heteronormativity included yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know if y'all have ever seen the transformer movies which one any Any of them them. (laughs) they they set the view centralizes around making sure that megan fox is like this like object that the Shia LaBeouf character can put his heterosexuality onto at all times. It's very stupid. No one uses fax machines, but call, you'll hear the noise. Statues left by ancient Greeks, the perfect cheeks of goddesses and boys. Piled in the closet, broken toys. Let's just start by talking about, like, what the end of the book means in the context of the Snanomorphs. The governor represents... The American dream. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, great That's Gatsby, all I got Great now, Gatsby sorry. level analysis aside. Um, uh, no, I mean... Great Gatsby, just... another historical document that was absolutely real and really happened. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a huge game changer, having this finally be in the open. They've spent so much time trying to cover up the fact that they were fighting this war. And then, you know, it opened up a little bit with, like, bringing their parents into it. But right. even though there were, like, you know, tigers roaring around the streets of suburban California and whatnot, like, it was still secret and they were still hidden. And now the governor's like, actually, no, it is time to tell the entire world. How effective can that be, you know, as, like, a tool to inform the public about things that are happening? Like, can you convince leaders that supposedly actually care about the bad stuff that's happening like i just am thinking about the anti-morphing detection stuff the like genetic scanning that's happening these days and like i wonder if a a, a comparison could be made to the work that we're doing 
I mean... It is confirmed in Edward's Volume 52, The Sacrifice Featuring Axe Morphing into a Raccoon on the cover, that very shortly thereafter, after the governor's message is put out, the Yerks were like, oh, it's a big multimedia hoax, and ah, she's... Yeah. They basically take her away. Right, exactly. It's like, they are... They, this whole book is about... I mean, think about how much misinformation Americans have had to deal with and still deal with and how easy it is to dismiss anything you want to as misinformation like it's making me think a lot of the political situation surrounding the COVID-19 pandemic of the 2020s you know I actually don't know that much about the COVID-19 pandemic it was so long ago I just I guess I haven't researched it I don't know that much about it. It's not, like, really something I've studied, but I know that there was. Just because it comes up a lot in, like, some of the more... I know a lot about coronaviruses in general, because I did study them. But did you study the political situation and the conspiracy theories? No! Yeah. Because that wasn't my department. I was in pre-med. Your face. (laughs) It does kind of come up, like, somewhat in some of the more questioning authority-centered areas of the internet that I may frequent. We're literally in hiding right now. Like, you could just say... No, what I, what I meant when I said that was that I run into anti-vaxxers more than I would care to when I am trying to find out information that the government wants God. to cover up. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's the whole, like, don't tread on me <sighs> mentality. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, the government is evil and it's this like don't trust the government thing it's like oh you're so close you're almost there because they're they're bad but not in the way that you care about they're not coming to like steal your your land or steal your guns trident it's like trident <laughs> he's no steppy <laughs> <laughs> um, i like the one that i've stuff. seen with the um high-heeled lace-up leather boot and the caption is please tread on me <laughs> Ooh. yeah within Certain could be again. I don't know a ton about this, but like I just absorbed some information about this period of time. I don't really remember back in the in this sort of period of time as well. Politically, you would have people who have like bumper stickers facing each other that were like one of them has like come and take it and the assault rifle, and the other one is a blue lives like the thin blue line kind of situation. I'm like, those are the people who are going to take the guns that you're so worried about the people taking. Which they're also not going to take the guns, but if they were going to take the guns, That would that's... be the folks who would do it, though. Yeah, it's but they're a... not going to do it because they like the guns. The cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing is that people can kind of have cognitive dissonance about anything. Did I say dissonance? I meant dissonance. And... Cognitive diffidence. It's when you're just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> Cognitive dividends. Cognitive deference when you're letting other people do the thinking for you. That's just being a controller. Cognitive detriments when you have the brain cell you really shouldn't. Cognitive diligence when you're really committed to something. Um, okay, we're losing the thread. Part of me wants to like believe that taking it to a governor like this and like making an impact on the public's opinion could be possible. But, like, on the other hand, people are so good at spreading misinformation. It's such a politicized piece of technology to, like, discover what other people are Mm -hmm. or aren't just via this truth-telling device that decides their fate. Oh, my God. And that's always the dream, isn't it? You know, you, you go to some good and reasonable authority figure who's willing to believe you, and you say, look. Or sometimes you go to the public, and you say, look at this horrible thing that's happening. Here's the evidence. And they believe you, and they, like take it out of your hands and fix it for you like i think so many people want to do that and so often it's very easy to believe that if you just convince the right people that something is 
wrong, then you don't have to do anything. But a lot of the times, there is no right person to convince, really. Yeah. And it's hard because it's, like, maybe, like, mass public education about these topics would be good. But then it's, like, you can't, you can't bourgeois it. You can't, you can't make it about needing education to, like, take part in revolution. But also just, like, I think there's a line between stopping disinformation and informing people about actual events in history and making it a bourgeois, like, collegiate circle jerk. Yeah, because there are things that you need to know. I don't know. A, a thing in, in some of the revolutionary texts that I've read is kind of the idea that, like, people know that things are wrong. People yeah. know that things are bad. People are suffering under oppressive systems, and they know that. Oppressive systems in general, but specifically capitalism, is extremely good at saying, oh, uh, the problems that you're having that are caused by capitalism are actually caused by something else. Like, you know, the fact that your 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 work situation is unstable because your boss doesn't want to pay you isn't your boss's fault. It's the fault of all of these foreigners who are coming in to take your yeah. jobs, right? It's like, which is like materially, manifestly not the situation. Yeah, that's, that's the, the line at which it's like, like, okay, so people know that things are wrong, but how are things wrong? Also, and... to be fair, this discussion group is a bourgeois college circle jerk. Right, exactly, <laughs> which is part of the reason I felt the need to, like, identify that specifically. True. <laughs> is that, like, we're just talking about stuff, but, like, actionable change would be, like, giving money to people who need it. And, like, I feel like we're trying to do that by being involved with this, this group. But And part of that is, like, educating oneself. And I would say, given our lack of immediate control over the funds that have made us bougie college children, I'd say we're doing a good amount of what we can by being here and being like, hey, this technology that's coming in is really oppressive and really yeah, invasive of basic sort of public notions of privacy. Mm-hmm. And we're going to stand up and be really loud about that. Yeah. But don't worry, Parker. They have a registry of everyone who's allowed to legally morph. And you won't set off the device. And it doesn't record anything. It only actually records and stores the information if it detects an illegal morpher. Of course, you know... If your bioscience indicates that you're an Andalite, you're just automatically categorized as a legal morpher. And of course, it's not like, for example, that morph energy sticks around even way after someone's become a Nothlet. It's not like, for example, my mother would set this off because she is a Nothlet and has been for many, many years, but she would still set it off because the morphing energy is still there. And so even though she is legally registered as a Nothlet and it should be fine, she is probably going to have to start carrying some kind of registration card or she'll have to go into some sort of like government bureau and then everyone's gonna know that she's a Nothlet, specifically that she used to be a Yerk. Anyway. It's always like that, isn't it? Always a way to make it about the individuals that are somehow the problem and any way of identifying someone as different, it just is so fascistic. These dangerous unregistered morphers are causing a wave of crime. Crime is actually down. Are causing a wave of crime. What even is crime? Uh, fake. Yeah. And constructed by the state. Laws are threats. Question about the book. Yeah. And the <laughs> events of the book. Given their situation at the time, the shape of 
the anti-Uric Empire resistance movement at the time, i.e. the Animorphs, given the shape of the events, do you think that this was the correct time for the governor to go public with things? Or for them mm. to pursue that as, like, a thing that they were like, okay, we're gonna contact the governor and make her go public with things? I feel like they should have thought of this earlier, right? Yeah. Like... You think so? Well... Well, they don't really tell the governor to go public, as far as I remember. And I did just read the journal, because I forgot. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got here, and you were just like, oh, hey, let me finish the yeah. book real quick. <laughs> but so, I feel like maybe it was definitely the most efficient way to handle the National Guard situation, is to go to the person who can call the National Guard off. Like, that makes sense. I'm not sure that the governor made the right choice in going public, so quickly with so little like infrastructure in place i i agree about that i think this is going to be like a long process unfortunately and it's cool and radical of her to just take it public immediately because often bureaucracy stands in the way of that too much and she understands that her personal life was like immediately on the line and that might have been one of the reasons that she felt compelled to do it so soon but also like i don't think it's going to be that effective yeah <laughs> so you think they should have cassandra you think they should have informed the governor earlier and maybe given her i think earlier or just like at the time that they actually did talk to her like either one works fine i just think they should have been like really really tried to impress upon her listen everywhere every like system of peacekeeping especially like you know i think they really really things got really hectic things got really yakety sacks and i think they really needed to take a second to sit her down and be like listen you might want to go public and we totally get it and you should at some point but not yet because every single part of your government every single part of law enforcement is just completely infested with yerks we don't know exactly how many we don't know where they are and you don't either you can't just like get up on stage and it has to be a political strategy to have yeah. any lasting impact though but it's so easy to discredit her because she does it with not enough preparation mm -hmm. i think and like her message is powerful yeah it's really good i mean she, she does a good job of delivering that like if you if you've ever watched the speech it's a really good speech yeah personally they should have pulled this operation or attempted to pull this operation as soon after they discovered that viscer 3 had been promoted mm, i agree that is a great point yeah they should have taken that way more seriously that's true i think they're used to thinking of him as kind of like the bumbling buffoon third in command kind of guy which granted he, he is. is yeah but the thing is when you put the bumbling buffoon third in command guy in charge of everything stuff's gonna change and it's gonna get loud and dramatic and messy because he's loud and dramatic and messy. I think there's a reason they haven't been seeing him as much, you know? Mm. Like, he doesn't show up as often in, in the journals. And I think it's because he's doing important actual work that isn't just like... <laughs> For once. Yeah, that isn't just like a wild goose chase and like cooking up concoctions it's, it's, to take over it's, people's it's, will. It's a wild duck chase. Oh my god. <laughs> Imagine... Wild Mallard Chase. Imagine a spin-off series that's just Visser 3 confined to desk work <laughs> because of responsibilities. <laughs> he and hates it. He's, he's trying as, so hard to get demoted. He's just as megalomaniacal as before, but he can't go out and just crush them. <laughs> 
<laughs> Johnson, if you do not fill out form 34B2A969, exclamation point, I will have your head on a pike. Sir, I filled it out yesterday. It's on your desk. Johnson, <laughs> perish before my mighty morph. <laughs> uh, excuse me, Mr. Three. That's like the third guy you've killed today for like talking back to you. We need to take you to HR. Um, HR also- has some words for you. And then HR is just the drone. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Visser uh, 1, there's someone here to see you. And he's like in the middle of like killing someone. Oh, yes. Uh, send them in. Sure, sure. Philip Rezzi retracts a bunch of his yeah. tentacles. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he like stuffs the almost dying dude under the desk and it's just like, hello. Visser 3, like at the water cooler leaning on the windowsill like you know it's like he's talking about the sports game that he caught except instead it's like did you hear what the animorphs did yesterday he's like oh those animorphs like tips over the water cooler i should be out there fighting them right now and someone drops a huge load of paperwork on his desk (laughs) yeah perhaps if the animorphs had been around to see the 2016 u.s presidential election they would Mm. know uh, how dangerous a buffoon in power can be yeah yeah that's a very good point Oh, God, it's Visser 3 Donald Trump. <laughs> Did you have any more notes for this week? Did I didn't you, take any did notes. Take any I didn't take notes? any notes. I am the I only one who took notes. I know, because I read it last minute. I'll read the next one, like, right now. All right, everyone, stay. Well, I don't have to say stay safe. I don't have to. I don't. We still have to stay stay, stay safe, even though we're All in right, the same everyone, room. mask up, because we're going to go. Yeah, are we getting dinner after this? I'm so hungry. Oh, yeah, we, yeah, we can go. get dinner. We get some. Or I can just make you more grilled cheeses, which are mm. not actually cheese. Mm. Grilled cheese. Grilled mystery white goo. <laughs> it's just Bye, everybody. Of, <laughs> it's just made out of blended tofu, I swear. It's just tofu and tapioca flour and like weird seaweed and miso. The Morph Report is on Patreon. We care a lot about accessibility, and we are paying someone to transcribe all of our episodes. We have a variety of tiers to choose from. Some of our tiers have some pretty juicy rewards. For example, if you pay enough money, you can even force us to watch the TV show and potentially read the other series by K.A. Applegate and Michael Grant, Everworld. We would really love it if you would check us out and consider supporting us. Thanks to Lee Zangari for the use of their songs Comic Book Girl and Complicated Spoon. You could find more of their music at leezangari.bandcamp.com. The Morph Report is hosted by Marina Malucci, Scrivener Lamb, and Blythe. You could follow us on Twitter at Morph Report. If you have a question for the Potomorphs, tweet at us or send us an email and we'll answer it on the show. Our email is themorphreport at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. love the Animorph series? How about podcasts? Do you love podcasts? Well, then listen no further, dear listener, and allow me to introduce the Animorphs podcast directory. Here you'll find an ever-growing list of Animorphs-themed podcasts to sit your every Animorphin desire. Check it out. We'll see you there.